What's up, everyone? Welcome back. We are here with a special guest today, Aaron Hohenbaum from Ely's. Aaron, how are you doing today? I am wonderful. Thanks so much for having me, guys. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're really excited to have you. I know that uh, I reached out through Instagram DM and we got in contact and um, you have a really cool story and it's a really cool business and, and what you're moving into for your long-term goals is really awesome. I'm excited to talk about it. Thanks so much. I mean, I feel like Instagram DM is how I make all my new friends nowadays, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> so you're not talking to anybody in person. It's definitely the best way to meet people. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, we're excited to have you on today, Aaron. We know there's so many things we want to talk about. And I know you and Mac have had a little back and forth conversation, but tell us about yourself. Tell us where, where you're located, where you're from, how you kind of got into this awesome world of fashion. Yeah, so I'm actually based here in Little Rock, Arkansas, um, right in the heart of the South, and I grew up right across the river in North Little Rock, um, so not too far away, about 15 minutes from Little Rock proper, um, so I'm an Arkansas girl, hog fan through and through, um, and I had graduated from the U of A, come home, landed a great PR job. I was director of public relations for a set of public charter schools. This was back in 2011. I was about 25, 26. And I found myself just really hating my job. And I know there are probably so many 20 somethings that resonate with that feeling of just feeling stuck and feeling lost. Um, and not knowing what your next move was, but knowing that where you currently are is not the right move for you. So I just found myself in that really unhappy space. Um, and to be quite frank, I had kind of gotten into a really negative space. And lucky enough for me, I'm super close with my dad. He has always been not just a you know, a dad to me, but more of a mentor and a friend. And he's one of the hardest working people that I know on the planet and one of the kindest. I have to throw that in there too. <laughs> um, but we were having dinner one night and I, as we often did, and as I often was, I was complaining about my job and he kind of slammed his hands down on the table. And he told me, he was like, Aaron, I am so sick of hearing you complain about your job. He was like, you're smart enough to do whatever it is you want to do on this planet. Not everyone is that fortunate. You need to find something you love, something you do for free and figure out a way to make money doing it. Um, after the initial shock of my dad getting that serious and frank with me about the reality of my situation, um, I think there were probably some, some verbiage about how no one's coming to rescue me that I've, you know, that I'm the only <laughs> one that can change the situation thrown in there too, just right. for some good old dad advice. But after that initial shock wore off, I knew that he was right. Um, I knew that I had to, I was the only one that was going to get myself out of this. And I toyed around with some ideas of starting kind of a Facebook boutique. This was before the explosion of Facebook boutiques. Uh, this was before the algorithm changes and, you know, you have to pay to play. This was when everything was just so easy. And if you had a thousand followers, all of them saw your information. So no, I, I had this dream and I started dreaming it up. And within a few weeks, I'd quit my job and was down at city hall the next day filing for a business license. So a little bit of background about just how Ely's came to fruition. That's incredible. I mean, I love hearing that story of how it just, you know, 
kind of just quit your job and went for it. And I think more people need to kind of be about that. Um, so like in the very beginning, what, what was it like? Where did you start after getting your business license and going from there? Oh, that so facial honestly, expression. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea how to start. Um, I did not have a retail degree. I didn't have a buying degree. Um, I knew I was really good at retail. I'd worked some retail jobs in college where I was um, nationally ranked among, you know, these big national corporations, the limited, which is now non-existent, but mm -hmm. that's really where I got my retail start. I had a public relations background. So I did what every, you know, millennial, I call myself a zennial. I'm kind of in between, you know, <laughs> Gen X and millennial. I'm like the very first millennial. What do we do? We Google everything. So I Googled how to start a business in Arkansas. And I ordered probably a dozen books on retail buying, retail management, retail marketing from Amazon. And I just, I honestly got to work. I, I got to work studying on how to make this work. Um, so really no background, just good old Google. <laughs> I think that's a critical step that a lot of people don't take is like, they don't do their own research. They don't teach themselves. Um, and they get a little in over their heads by getting into something that they really have no idea how to, how to do. And um, I think for anybody listening, I think that's just some solid advice right there. Take the time, learn on your own, you know, while you might want to, you might be excited and, and ready to rush into this and, you know, start making money and start selling, take the time to educate yourself and uh, make sure that you know what you're getting into. Make sure that you can provide results whether it's in a marketing agency like Miles and I have, or it's in the retail world like Aaron has. No, totally. I think that, you know, it is, there's just so much knowledge out there, especially in the world that we're living in today. You don't have to have some fancy MBA to really create a great sustainable business, but you do have to have, um, I would say the grit and the, um, the confidence to get out there and say, Hey, this isn't going to be easy, but you know what? I can figure it out. I'm going to make it work. I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to learn what I can. Um, and I think another thing for that's really big is don't be shy about asking for help and reaching out to people and maybe areas that you aren't the best in. Like, for example, I don't have a finance degree, but I have a couple great friends that have finance degrees. So on the front end, I was like, Hey, can you help me set up my books, you know, and make sure that everything that I'm doing, everything properly, that everything looks right, that I'm not missing something. So I think asking for help is huge. And then also just having the grit and saying, this isn't going to be easy. No one is born with all of this knowledge and you've just got to get out there and, and make it work for yourself. Yeah. And I think, I think kind of, go, go, ahead, ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. After you. So I was going to say, you know, that willingness, like you, you said, Aaron, just to get to it, to learn, you know, to, to, to find the resources, to find the friends, right. To have your back to say, Hey, here's my crazy idea. Help me realize it. And I think, you know, that's a testament to the circle you keep around you too, right? Like, Hey, yeah, Aaron's got an awesome idea. Let's help her, you know, kick some ass and, and take some names along the way. 
100%. I am huge, huge on being really careful about who I bring into my circle. Um, when I first started this, I actually, when I quit my job to start Ely's, I was very cautious about who I told what I was doing until it got off the ground because I really didn't need any of that negativity in my headspace. I needed yep. to keep it really positive, really pure. So I made sure that anyone that I was talking to about what was going on behind the scenes with building this business, um, and still to this day, I'm a little bit more reserved about, you know, who I share what with um, regarding the business. But especially in the beginning, you're in that kind of incubator stage and you're just, you have so much to look forward to. I hope if you're starting a business, you're genuinely excited about it because if you're not excited on the front end, it's going to be really hard to get excited on the back end. Um, I always say, I'm like, if you're not loving it before you're making money, you're not going to love it when you start making money. So, you know, usually the money follows where that happiness and joy and contentment lies. Um, so it's really, really important to make sure that you're kind of building out that, keeping out that negativity and making sure your circle is lifting you up for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Like, that's so important. Like I've definitely felt the same way of like, oh, I can't tell this person because like, I don't want them to be, saying this negative stuff like honestly in, in the beginning stages you're already kind of questioning yourself a little bit you're like uh is this gonna work am i qualified to do like everybody has that question of am i qualified it doesn't i mean it could be business it could be whatever it could be a relationship everybody's at, always asking themselves am i qualified to do this the answer is yes because anybody syndrome. else totally yeah exactly um you know and especially women especially for any of your women followers if you start questioning, I question myself all the time. And I, I really have to look back and be like, Erin, you've done this for a decade. Like you've done <laughs> this for almost 10 years. Like you were very qualified to talk about, you know, retail. I was asked to be on a national retail panel a few years ago during one of the big Las Vegas markets. And I was like, I mean, am, am I really prepared to do this? Do I know what I'm talking about? And I was like, this is totally me you know, this isn't really have anything to do with my qualifications. This is imposter syndrome. This is that little Karen voice in my head that's <laughs> making me question myself. Um, so if you have that Karen or that Pam voice in your head is what I like to call it. Uh, you are not alone. Um, but I, but that goes right in, along with the circle. If you have any of those Karen or Pams in your circle, you probably need to scoot them to the outer edges as well. Yeah. How have you, how have you found you have combated that throughout the years, right? How have you beat that voice in your head? Oh my gosh. I mean, I still have it a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the first thing for me is noticing it, like really paying attention to it and being like, okay, step out of this. This isn't really me talking. Um, I'm really big on intuition too, and really picking apart, like, is this my fear talking? What part of me is talking here? Um, but I think that really only comes after you start listening more to yourself and really kind of step out of it. Um, I'm also a big fan of sometimes you need to just like have your moment. I'm, I'm not, I never cry in the office. So if there's something I got to cry about, I go to my car. <laughs> my <laughs> husband knows that if I pull into the driveway and I don't get immediately out, like he's like, she's going to be fine. She's going to come out swinging. She's going to be totally good. Just like give her five minutes. Um, but I think sometimes you need to like, let yourself feel scared a little bit, um, and not try to fight it. And then listen to yourself. Okay. This isn't really me. Like, where is this coming from? Um, where are these feelings stemming from? 
Um, is this really my intuition or is this my fear? What, what part of me is being stirred up right now? And I think that just comes with practice, you know? And I think, I think a little bit of, of age helps too, you know, after you yeah. go through some different stages and you go through highs and lows, because any entrepreneur will tell you that it is definitely not all highs there. It is the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. And you kind of have to be a little crazy to love doing it. Um, but the highs make it worth it. But sometimes in the lows just hopefully make you better. So definitely. And I think like what we're saying about educating yourself, you know, that'll help that imposter syndrome. Um, but going into starting a business, there's, we had talked about this in our conversation earlier. There's a something about being naive. That is a beautiful mindset to have. And I just want to hear what you have to say about that. Absolutely. So when I first started Ely's, you know, the majority of boutiques that I really looked at in town had these like beautiful $200,000 build outs and these brick and mortar stores and fancy clothes. And, and if you've ever shopped at Ely's, like one of my goals is to make it extremely affordable. So none of those things we had, I didn't have a brick and mortar store. I certainly didn't have a fancy build out. And the majority of things that I was selling were less than $50. So I didn't have any of those things. And I was traveling around the South and doing trunk shows, whether they were in people's homes or junior league holiday shows or markets. Um, you know, I was doing all these crazy things where I would like load up a U-Haul trailer, borrow my dad's truck and drive down to New Orleans or Baton Rouge or Nashville and be totally alone, like totally by myself. I couldn't afford employees. And I would set up these tent, you know, this massive 10 by 10 booth or 10 by 20 booth. And I'd work 15, 20 hour days, just making it work. And I look back at that girl that was so thrilled and excited to be doing what I would consider like the grunt of the grunt work <laughs> at 26, 27 years old. Um, and I really am kind of envious of her. Um, she just, she had nothing to lose and she was so excited and she would do anything to make the business work. And there's this quote by Steve jobs that I love. And it, it talks about whenever he was fired from Apple when he first, you know, had started Apple and then grew it. And then he was let go for those of you that don't know the story, but um, he talks about how there is a certain lightness to being a beginner. And he talks about, he says, you know, I felt, you know, there was a lightness to being a beginner again. And I really, that really resonates with me because um, when you're, when something's new and fresh and you literally have nothing to lose, that's, there's so much creativity and passion and fun and grit to be had during those times. Um, and what a beautiful thing to be a little bit naive about what you're getting yourself into. Um, sometimes I, I, I think to myself about that 26 year old girl who um, had no clue what was in store for her. Um, and the truth is, is that I didn't care. I would have done it for a lot less money. I would have done it um, for a lot longer than I had to do it. Um, she just, there was, there was just some kind of beauty to that being naive and a lightness to it. It was really, really great. For sure. I think that's, um, kind of something that, you know, you, you've been looking back on this girl and I think there's something that you've been doing recently kind of help these younger girls kind of 
get into the business world and encourage them. I'd love to talk about your ambassador program. What are you doing there? Yeah. So um, the ambassador program was birthed, I'd say, during the COVID lockdown of 2020, which I know so many of us are still living through in this strange, strange time. We had talked about having an ambassador program of some sort for a long time. And whenever you have to shut your brick and mortars down, you realize that you have a lot more time on your hands and time to kind of build some new fun things. And the ambassador program has definitely been a bright spot for us during this whole pandemic. Um, We're now in our, what we call our kind of our semester, second semester, season two of ambassadors. But we decided to launch in April, 2020 and open up applications for people to be ambassadors. And one thing that we were very certain of is that a lot of ambassador programs have these limits. Like I got an email today from a program that was like, do you have 10,000 email subscribers or 10,000 followers apply to be one of our ambassadors? And I was like, okay, how many people got this email and in reality have 10,000 email subscribers or 10,000 Facebook or Instagram followers? Probably not that many. Um, And we really wanted to, we saw so many young bloggers and, Um, young women really wanting to become influencers or educators online and take cute pics and they'd reach out and we didn't want to limit that. So we decided not to put any kind of like follower limitations, anything like that on our ambassador applications. And we went in and we really looked at Number one, how these young women or young men, it could be a young man too, um, were engaging with their followers. So engagement was one thing we looked at. And then also their personal style. Like what was their personality like? Um, Does she look and feel like an Ely's girl, if that makes sense, or Ely's woman? Mm -hmm. And it's been really, really fun to watch it evolve because A, the girls are earning store credit to get free clothes, which I think you both know you're, you're both very savvy in the marketing world. So you know that a lot of times influencers, if they don't have over a certain number of followers, brands are not sending them things for free um, or not giving them anything for free. So they earn store credit with us by sharing their love of the Ely's brand, sharing the styling with their friends and followers. um, And they also get a discount when they shop with us, that's Mm. bigger than their friends and followers discount, which a lot of them absolutely love because especially right now they're not getting out, they're shopping online. So Mm. it gives them that option to freshen up their wardrobe without having to pay full price. But it's really been a fun program and it's been really fun for me to watch behind the scenes because I don't have direct contact with a ton of our ambassadors, but seeing how they're styling things and posting things and just having a lot of fun during a time period that hasn't really been fun for most people. It's, it sounds like at like the basis of that too, is like women's advocacy and women empowerment, right? 100%. Um, 100%. I actually, I'm a co-founder of a totally separate business that's called Power Players that we launched two years ago where we put on live events, where we bring on speakers and we talk about business and we talk about being a woman and imposter syndrome and mental health and you know, breaking the glass ceiling and all these really big, heavy subjects that are kind of taboo to talk about for women. And we 
bring women together to talk about that. Um, and it's really bled over into the Ely's brand. Um, because in my mind, why should that have to be separate? You know, those very dear beliefs that I hold within myself about young women going out there and doing whatever it is that they want to do with their lives and building lives that they absolutely love that shouldn't just have to stay housed in power players. So it's really bled through into the Ely's brand as well. That's amazing. And it's just, it's a testament, right? It's like you said, your, your, your true values and that, that true North that a lot of people talk about. That's amazing. So I appreciate all the work you're doing in that space. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's been, it, it's extremely rewarding. One of my favorite things about working with young women is, you know, the majority of them are not going to stay with us. They're not going to come in and they're not going to work at Ely's for the next 40 years. Um, and a lot of times we're their first job. We're their first experience at what working and a job and a workplace looks like. And I don't take that lightly. And I love mm. watching them move on, you know, graduate or move on to their next career. And I hope that they leave here better than when we first found them. Um, I hope they leave here feeling more empowered and more capable. And, um, you know, I, I, whenever I go in and I don't get to do this very often anymore, but I used to go do store visits and travel but I would always tell them, I was like, don't let your time here be wasted. There is so much value. I know it seems just like a sales floor, but there's so much value in being able to connect with people that are vastly different than you. There's so much value there. Um, and you have to do that no matter where you go, whether you're a doctor or a nurse, whether you're, you go into banking and finance, it all comes back to relationships and people. And if you can learn to do that here in a very, you know, small, quiet, but at the same time, quick place, you yep. can do that anywhere. That's amazing. That's amazing. And, and it, to that, right, you've, you've built, you know, so many stores in the Little Rock area and also expanded now to the Midwest and the Lexington. Talk about that kind of growth and, and how that's kind of come about. Yeah. So, um, I think I mentioned, I started in 2011 with the trunk shows. Um, and it was very apparent just by the size of the trunk shows that by 2012, it was time to open up a brick and mortar. So I found a little 800 square foot spot here in Little Rock and opened up my first location here. And it was, um, <laughs> the success was beyond my wildest dreams. It was, we were so busy and I was so incredibly fortunate to have that experience that I was given the opportunity within that year to open up almost a year to the day, a second location in Fayetteville, wow. which is where wow. the U of A is. It's about three hours from Little Rock. And then our third location, we opened about six months after that. Um, we were in the Texas market for five years and I loved being there in the DFW market. We actually one of our leases was up in April for the Texas market and we decided not to renew because obviously we were in a shutdown. <laughs> um, but then we're also in Lexington, Kentucky. And that really, um, that was, that was our first Kentucky location. It was really our first Midwest location. Um, and we've loved being a part of that community. It's been, it's been really great. It's eerily similar to Little Rock to a certain degree of size and people. And um, we, we've really enjoyed it. That's, that's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. I love, I love hearing that growth. Um, so what's on the horizon, you know, we've heard about ambassador program locations and, you know, women empowerment, what's coming up. What's yeah. So one thing that has really been on my back burner for the past couple of years, but, 
um, 2020 has brought it to the front for me to really start talking about some kind of franchising option. I've gotten so many emails over the years asking from different people, hey, would you ever think about franchising? You know, I live in Nashville or I live, you know, wherever, um, Ohio, you know, would you be interested in this? And for so long, I think I put it off because I was just focused on our growth of like opening more stores and really focused on that. And as I get older, I've, I've started kind of shifting that focus to that women's empowerment. And I, I also do retail consulting um, on the side for different retailers. And I was like, what about if I brought that into Ely's where I could help another young woman open up a store, a successful retail location that she runs and operates. Um, if I could do that, that would be awesome. So I think franchising, and then also I'm really passionate about branching into more of the lifestyle segment. Mm -hmm. So making the Ely's website, um, Ely's website has been very, 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 um, important to us this year. And we continue to focus on that growth, but I would really love to see us build more of a lifestyle community within the website. So, you know, instead of us just offering clothing, start talking about some of those women's empowerment issues, um, start interviewing other great female entrepreneurs and having those interviews up on the website, um, offering different kinds of skincare that are healthy for your body and mind, um, meditations, you name it, you know, maybe wow. even eventually home decor. So. Wow. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's a lot, lot to brew on for it someone is. who was reading, who was reading books a few years back. So that's amazing. Aaron. It is. It's a lot, a lot to think about. And honestly, it's like you have to just take one piece of it and be like, okay, I want to focus on this sliver, you know, and this is the piece that we're going to knock out this year. Um, and some ideas work and some ideas don't. And that's just part of the beauty of entrepreneurship. So. And actually, that's a great point you bring up. Um, speaking to that, how do you determine, you know, when something really is rolling, when sometimes you just have to call it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Someone asked me about failure a few months ago and I was like, I fail all the time. I was like, we <laughs> fail all the time around here. Like if you're not failing, you're probably not putting yourself out there enough. Um, and I, it's weird to even call some of the things failures, but for us, like, let's say, um, it could be something small. Um, I'm trying to think of something that just off the top of my head recently that we were like, this isn't working. Some of our marketing initiatives, social media yep. stuff. So, um, we did Tuesday night lives for a while where we went live every Tuesday night at six o'clock. Um, and we did it for probably two or three months and it just wasn't gaining the traction, whether it was like the timing of it or just how we were putting it on. I think they might've been too long, um, but it just wasn't working. So we nixed it and we were like, okay, well, that doesn't mean that all lives don't work. Maybe it's the timing. Maybe it's how we're doing it. Maybe it's the formatting. Maybe mm. it's, you know, the time of day that we're doing it. So, you know, definitely we're really big on po what I call post-mortem. So it means like after you do something that you look back and you're like, okay, what could we have done better? What could have gone worse? You know, how do we feel about it? How do we proceed forward? Um, we've definitely done a lot of in-store events that have been total bust. I mean, a lot over the years. Um, so much so that it's like, if it works really well, you put a big asterisk on it and you add it to the marketing calendar for next year. And if it's not, it's just like, 
Okay. Um, oh gosh, closing a store, closing, oh, you know, making the option, you know, choosing not to renew a lease. Um, that's really, really, that's a difficult decision for anybody. Um, and the biggest thing is what I really try to drive home with is, is this adding value to our guest? Is this adding value to my team? Um, is this adding value to our business? Because at the end of the day, we are a business and we do have to make money and we have to make, we have to pay employees and all those sorts of things that come with running a business. Um, and sometimes it's your gut. Like I had a feeling, you know, we had our five-year lease up, um, like I said, back in April and I just like was started toying with it. I was like, do I want to look for another space? I knew I didn't want to stay in that one space. Um, and then the shutdown happened in March and it, I was like, well, this was probably my gut instinct telling me that this is prob I'm probably glad I didn't jump on that earlier. Um, and sometimes you just don't know what to do and you just make the best decision you can and try not to beat yourself up too bad. If it's not, you know, if it ends up not being the best. I think if you always go with your gut, you sleep well, no matter what, no matter whether yes. it works out or not. Totally. Totally. When I had a lot of trouble making decisions when I first opened the business and my dad was like, Aaron, you make a decision and you move on. And if you screwed something up, you just make a note of it and don't make the same mistake twice. And I was like, okay, that's, you know, he's like, you make the same mistake twice. You can beat yourself up about it. <laughs> he's like the, a first time mistake. Like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Dads are the best. <laughs> they really are. Dads are the best. <laughs> um, Mac, what else you got, buddy? Uh, I mean, Aaron, it's been awesome having you. I have nothing. I mean, you covered all the bases that you know, we had kind of discussed, um, yeah. I think we were going to talk about navigating COVID a little. We can, if you want. Um, I know it's probably been tough for you, but it, you know, if you want it's to get tough. into it. It has totally been tough. Um, you know, I think when I say it's been tough, I almost feel um, bad saying that because I know it's been tough on so many business owners out there, specifically, you know, retailers mm -hmm. and restaurateurs. It has just been brutal. Um, so if there are any entrepreneurs listening, I, I feel you, I'm right there with you in the thick of it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, and there were so many hard choices. I know we talked about this yesterday at the beginning of COVID, you just don't know how to navigate. And I think giving yourself grace and knowing that you're doing the best that you can, you know, and you're making the best decisions with the information you have, at, you know, in the moment, I think that's kind of how I've been navigating it and really trying not to be too hard on myself. You know, back in the beginning, it was really, really hard because I'm just for so long, I've known what to do. I know how to run my business. I know the seasons, I know the cycles, I know how to hire, I know how to fire, I know how to do all these things. And all of a sudden we're closing down. I'm having to furlough employees. And um, that was really hard. And my husband, he was, he's, we're so different. We're so different. He's like very <laughs> science. He's a physician, like very, we're both type A, but like in two totally different ways. <laughs> um, and he knows nothing about my business at all. Um, <laughs> but he was like, Aaron, this isn't your fault. Like you've got to remember like everything that like, this isn't like a bad business decision that went awry. Like this is, 
something that no one has dealt with, like no business owner has dealt mm -hmm. with this. Um, so I'm really just trying to give myself that space and rem reminding myself that like nobody's dealt with this. Nobody saw this coming for 2020. Yeah. Um, and just trying to make the best decisions I can for all the people that I care about. For sure. Yeah. We, uh, actually started this podcast right at the beginning of COVID. Like literally, if you go back and look, our first one is like about Southwest airlines closing down, uh, or no South by Southwest being shut down all the hotel chains being like, we were, we were like, we were like, this is weird. They're going to have to <laughs> refund all that money when things open back up and nothing's opened in 10 months. I know. I know. Well, and I think it's kind of the perfect time though to start a podcast because people have a little bit more free time, I think, than they typically and do. Honestly, I feel like, you know, we've, we have a, a nice pipeline of guests to have on and, yeah. and like yourself. I mean, I think during this time people are probably checking their DMs a little bit more often and um, totally, we're getting a little bit, we're kind of lucky with that. When it yes. Comes to that, but yes, no, then. I agree. It's um, definitely a good time to do that, to do this. So for sure. good for you guys. Aaron, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Where can everybody find you? So you can find us at, we're on Instagram at Ely's Boutique. It's E-L-E-I-G-H-S Boutique altogether or shopelys.com. Um, you can also find my personal Instagram, even though it's not that exciting. It's <laughs> at Aaron Lee Honebaum on Instagram. Um, but I do love to connect with a lot of our customers. So shoot me a DM, introduce yourself. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And then the, the women's advocacy group is power. Yes. Power players. So it's power players. at power H E R players on Instagram. Cool. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. Well, Aaron, we really appreciate it. Um, congratulations to you and your husband again. I know you're getting ready to have a baby here soon. So we appreciate you taking so the time. Soon. Thank you guys. We will, um, we will talk to you soon, Aaron, stay in touch and uh, we'll reach out. Thanks guys. I appreciate you both.